tuning in to our show. I'm Afika. Hi, I'm Firdaus. Hi, I'm Zaid. Today, we will be discussing about a very serious topic, a global problem. We're talking about poverty. Yeah, poverty is basically the lack of access to basic needs, choices, and opportunities. Critics have argued that it is a violation of human dignity and understandably so. No poverty is goal one of the UN's 17 SDGs. For today's episode, we will be focusing on the context of Malaysia. We're going to try to understand the ideal measures we could take to tackle this situation. With the wisdom of our guest speaker, we're going to learn if it's better to give a man a fish or teach the man how to fish in the context of our topic. So, don't go anywhere because many interesting issues will be discussed. Today, our reality program is to talk about the issue of poverty where this matter has become one of the main agendas in the 17 Sustainable Development Goals in the United Nations, whose goal is to transforming our world by 2030 by focusing on some of the key issues listed. The United Nations itself said that they are determined to end poverty and hunger in all their forms and dimensions and to ensure that all human beings can fulfill their potential in dignity, quality, and in healthy environment. All right, the, this statement is stated in the UN website. It seems that this poverty is a hotly debated global issue where it is often associated with developing countries, including Malaysia. And furthermore, it seems to be getting worse when the COVID-19 pandemic hit the country earlier this year. So with us today, this morning, is our special guest who will discuss this issue in the context of poverty in Malaysia and how this matter can affect the community's lifestyle, quality of life, especially in terms of education, health, and so on in Malaysia. So stay tuned, be with us, we'll be introducing our guest real soon. Pesanan Hikmat Masyarakat Putuskan rantaian COVID-19 Amalkan norma baharu Elak 3C Iaitu C yang pertama Crowded places Tempat yang sesak C yang kedua Confined places Tempat sempit dan tertutup C yang ketiga Close conversation Sembang secara dekat Amalkan 3W W yang pertama Wash Kerap cuci tangan dengan air dan sabun W yang kedua Wear Pakai pelitup muka W yang ketiga, warn, jangan bersalaman atau bersentuhan. Amalkan etika batuk dan bersin. Lakukan disinfeksi. Duduk di rumah dan dapatkan rawatan jika bergejala. This message is specially brought to you by the Reality Podcast. Stay home, stay safe. We can fight this together. Here's the team. The Reality. So, Mr. James Raj, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, everyone, for giving me this uh, opportunity. And I want to congratulate the UITM uh, students who is actually doing this and taking this initiative to discuss about something, a subject that is very important and close to all of us. Thank you so much once again. And to tell about community projects, it's about 25 years, mainly inclusion, youth empowerment, and uh, corporate social responsibility. So, I have served both... Uh, civil society organization and private sectors and I began my career as a social worker in 1995 then I moved into organizing local communities connected with one organization worked with the Indian communities then later I moved to a private sector then to a corporate foundation where I was actually involved in monitoring project in Southeast Asia Africa and so forth Alright impressive we'll hear more from Mr. James right after 
after this PSA. This is a COVID-19 message. What to do if you are sick? Stay home except to get medical care. Most people with COVID-19 have mild illness and recover at home without medical care. Isolate yourself from other members of your family to prevent spread to them and the people that they may have contact with like grandparents. If you have to leave isolation, wear a mask, stay six feet apart from others, wash your hands frequently and clean all touch surfaces. Even if you don't feel sick, you can spread COVID-19 to others. Be sure that you protect everyone as though they are the most fragile person in your family. Get care immediately if you are having emergency warning signs like trouble breathing, pain or pressure in chest. This message is excerpted from the CDC website and brought to you by the Reality Podcast. Okay, Mr. Jim, uh, in your opinion, right, what does urban poverty in Malaysia look like? Okay, uh, this can be slightly controversial. I mean, um, uh, yeah. because you see, I think um, in Malaysia, you know, we are, we are faced with the reality of uh, increasing in inequality. You know, um, so, you know, because we see issues, you know, we ethnicize the issues. You know, Malays have these problems, Indians have these problems, and Chinese have this problem. You know, so and and there is a gap, there is a huge gap, you know, in terms of income, and it's not equally distributed. So these are the the reasons, you know, you know, why uh, people are living in such difficulties, inequality, you know, it's experienced with squatters and high-rise, low-cost flats. You know, I'm sure you have been to um, any one of the PPR flats, you know, you know, in the Klang Valley, you know, let's say. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's say Lamba Subang or let's say Desa Mentari. You know, you just take a walk around, you know. You just go up, you know, you just don't take the lift, try to walk up and down. And then you will see how much, you know, the people, the conditioned people are living. You know, so, so this is the... You know, um, how I see, you know, urban poverty, you know, looks like in Malaysia. You know, we can actually, you know, talk about figures, you know, who are this poor, what is B40, you know, and so forth. You know, but in actual reality, you know, people are living, you know, in so much of, uh, you know, so much of difficulties. Although, although Malaysia has a good track record for development planning, you know, and also addressing absolute poverty, but poverty still exists. All right. So I just I just want to take us to another part of this um, topic. Um, How does urban poverty compare to rural poverty here in Malaysia? And is is one more significant than the other? No, actually, both need equal attention, you know. Both really, really need Because, you see, but people in the rural, those days, you know, I remember, you know, and I lived in, I mean, I I lived in a an urban sector, but I lived in Kampong. But in that Kampong, the life is very relaxed, not so much of stress. We got a lot of trees around. We got a lot of sungai, you know, all around. 
also we can go fishing. We can we have some land, so we can actually uh, grow some vegetables, grow our own food life. So life in kampong or even plantation, a rural area, people are able yeah. to survive. You know, they can plant their own food. They can they can they can eat. They can catch fish and they can eat because you eat more fish. Yeah, you have lots of protein. But nowadays, uh, not much of financial difficulties. The only food they can take is maggi go uh, maggi mee. Yeah, yeah. You know, True. you know, sepat dimasa. You know, sedap dimakan. They say, yeah. <laughs> but the maggi mee, I think, uh, got a lot of any protein or any uh, vitamins. Nothing, you know. But you see, you see, this is the condition. See, the rural people, though they they lack in uh, you know in many areas of development, but still, pe- still people they were able to survive. They can. You know they can chari makan lah. You know they say they can find their own. They can do. They can uh, actually own food and all that. So in terms of survival, they can. But when you look at it, but the quality of the quality of life is better. They have lots of trees. You know, clean air and all that. So when you come to urban urban setting, when you look at people living in the flats, you know, in one you know there'll be one room flat where there are about six people living, or in a worse condition, two room flat there are fifteen people staying. Oh, I see. Urban and rural poverty are both serious matters we need to pay attention to, yeah? But with different approaches in how to tackle them. Could you perhaps just um, explain to us or clarify about the common misconceptions that society has in regard to to poverty in Malaysia? Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, you see, um, you know, when I began my work um, with these people, especially those who are living in the PPR flats, uh, when I talk about their issues, you know, to many people, the understanding that I get is, you know, that these people, the, the poor people, uh, they actually, they are lazy. So they are lazy and uh, they are not making use of the opportunity and they simply do not want to change. Mm-hmm. Ouch. That's painful. That's yeah, not true. Yeah? You know, there are people and they are not hardworking. And, you know, but actually when you go, when you talk to these people, when you visit them, you know, be it Malay or Indian or Chinese, you know, when you talk to them, one thing that they ask is, you know, I want to improve my life, but, you know, there's no, there's no opportunities, you know, or I just do not know where and how to seek information to improve my life and to improve my condition. So these are the some of the misconceptions, you know, it's my, in my opinion, you know, when I talk to people, you know, they feel that, you know, government has lots of programs. Governments have lots of uh, initiatives. You know, why these people, especially the poor people, you know, why they are not actually plugging into this system or this program. But, it, you know, if they do not have that information, if information is not passed to them, if people are not mobilized and in the direction. See. Yeah, how can we blame them when they don't even have the access to know about those initiatives, right? Absolutely right. Remember, guys, before you judge them, Please understand their situation. It's not. It's just not fair. We don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes. All right. So did you hear that? Right. We'll be back after this quick message. Media matters, and so does public relations. Come and join us at MC242. That's the code for the public relations course here at University Technology Mara. 
or URTM, whichever you prefer. From introduction to mass communication and media studies, to communication research method, and of course this dear subject that has us expressing ourselves right here, corporate, creative and production, you bet you're going to be equipped with the knowledge and practical skills needed to face the ever-changing media landscape. Why consider PR as a major of choice, you ask? Well, look around you. If money is what makes the world go round, PR is what keeps it round. That loyal consumer brand relationship ain't gonna happen without PR folks. The same could be said regarding the internal dynamics in an organization. So come on, you know what you gotta do next. Your PR journey awaits! Here's the tea. The reality. So, Mr. James, where does Malaysia stand in terms of tackling this poverty issue and how are we doing compared to our neighbours? You know that our government is very kind, often subsidising on things and do you think that providing this subsidy could be Yes, uh, thanks, Plidaus. Uh, okay, actually, uh, Malaysia, as I said, Malaysia has uh, addressed, you know, well in the absolute poverty. You know, it is rate now uh, is about 5.6%. So, that's something is commendable. And providing subsidies, all this actually is commendable. It is good. But we, we shouldn't just stay there. But uh, we should work towards uh, creating opportunities for young people. In neighboring countries, like in Singapore, uh, also they have a lot of this uh, reskilling program. Uh, Indonesia is also moving into the aspect of looking after the young generation. So this is something that we should not lose out. Because a lot of focus now is given to young people also to look into rural sector enterprises in rural, you know, to develop like for example, ecotourism. So these are all opportunities, you know, that uh, our neighbouring countries, especially Indonesia, encouraging young people into moving into ecotourism, agriculture. We are not looking at that. See, our young people, you know, you ask them to go back to do agriculture, they will think, what, we are going back 1970s. Oh. You know, what is happening now in Malaysia, a large amount of wealth is experienced by a small percentage of people. You see, Arnold, you know, the income gap. So, if this is not properly addressed. Of course, you know, people will be become very hungry. Uh, people become angry. angry. If they're hungry, they'll become angry. Right. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah no, these are the issues. Yeah, true, true. Inequality is a big problem. I think, uh, in a way, you have kind of touched a little bit on the yeah. next question that I wanted to ask. But yeah. uh, I'm just going to ask anyway. Because I would, it would be nice for us to hear directly from you on your thoughts about the saying, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man yeah. to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. So in your opinion, is this a valid statement yes. in, in relation to the efforts? Yes, of course. It is really, really valid. As I have said you know, earlier, when people mentality, so when I go to grassroots meetings or the different neighborhoods, the only one thing they ask, okay, macam mana kerajaan boleh bantu kita? Ada apa-apa barang? kita boleh terima apa-apa bantuan kewangan so this is the uh, this is the question that I'm actually bombarded you know what government is giving okay now with this belanja one uh, what are the goodies you know so sometimes when I go they think that I'm like a Santa Claus giving out goodies because now Christmas is around the corner right <laughs> so I'm like a Santa Claus so many people even uh, even people you know look at the parliamentarians as a Santa Claus you know what is he going to give uh, what can I get from him so when they go to the um, the service centre 
So people go with a lot of with the understanding of what handouts I can get. I mean, this I just do not know why this has happened, or they have actually they want them to become like that, to be dependent on them so that they can stay in power. Okay, these are all different thoughts, you know, which can which is, which can be debated and all that. But for me, when we want to empower the poor, it is through unleashing their potential. It is something very over the period. It's a, it is what they call that compassion. It sometimes it hurts. Compassion. If you see a man poor, you give him the food. Okay, you feel so good about it. But does it solve the problem? So compassion hurts when you go the extra mile, you know, to help the person to improve his life. And and I want to see. I want to see more of these initiatives. You know, parliamentarians are taking different uh, CSOs are taking organizations are taking to address this. I just want to quote a few examples. Huh? What is happening in Philippines, in India? They have they have set up social enterprises to empower poor communities with the understanding of social solidarity economy, social solidarity economy or SEC model. Huh? This is not this is not a capitalist model nor a socialist model, but it is a people-centric model. Because you see, like in Philippines, in India, in this country, they actually empower the communities. They set up social enterprises. They set up cooperatives. And people come together and they teach them, you know, how to set up a business and how to manage your income and how to take responsibility the community that you are living with. Like one good example in Thailand, I know of a group of this size and they generate income. It can be agriculture, it can be farming, or it can be, you know, any industry. But they come together and they support each other. And from the income that they get, they share the income. This is actually what in a true sense meaning of shared prosperity. You know, they be shared equally. And excess of income they put in their in their bank. And if there is a debt in any in any of the members' family or in any community members, or there's a need to do up the road, or there's a need to do up the or there's a need to do any uh, refurbishment or improvement in the community, they don't depend on government handouts and funding. I see. So being independent is very important. All right, Mr. James. Yeah. Uh, one question. Uh, what is your... Can you give us uh, your message to the everyday people out there on how they could make a difference in this matter? Yeah. Everyone has their potential. Everyone has talents. Everyone has God-given talent in them, you know. And yes. everyone is equal. Don't divide by by race or don't divide by social status. You, we are all equal before God. We all are equal. So we need to see if someone who is in need. It is it is our responsibility to help the person and to raise the person up. So for me, is reach out to help someone to realize his or her potential mm-hmm. it can be it can be a malay child it can be a indian child it can be a chinese child it can be even a foreigner it can be a refugee you know so in terms of humanity to help and to raise the person up so the other thing as i've mentioned compassionate hurts but your love and care will change another person's life when you are genuine and sincere in your giving and in your helping because at this point of time many people needs help so you mm-hmm. need to reach out you need to reach out look at your own look at your people at the neighborhood if anybody needs help help them if you got one ring if you got two ringgit give one ringgit <laughs> and help them yes, yes. buy 
buy the food. And the other thing is, all of us have responsibility to care for our environment. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mr. James. So just to wrap things up, uh, uh, based on what you've explained to us, I suppose we can conclude that to address poverty here in Malaysia and the world, basically, we need to do more to empower those in poverty, the poor. And of course, handouts are yeah. rather effective, but for temporary measure, right? We need we, we need to be more mindful of how the initiatives thank that you. we yes, are going right. to help them in the long yeah. run, correct? Okay. okay, all right. So I think we have taken yeah. a lot of your time already and we would just like to thank you so much once again for joining us. It's been an honor and, and very eye-opening as well. Thank you to you too, our dear listeners. Hopefully you've learned a thing or two as we did. Until next time, stay positive, test negative. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.